When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 233 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Gid Gardner episode? Hey, Gid, 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 Gid Gardner. Gid Gardner played for eight major league teams in his 19th century baseball career between 1879 and 1888. And he was, well, he was a very adequate baseball player. He had a career batting average of 233. <laughs> So rather than recognize home run accomplishments or win accomplishments, let's just recognize the adequacy of Gid Gardner. Career batting average, 233. Now you are knocking on the door of a great trivia question. Maybe you know this. Maybe we'll have to do our homework. Who has played on the most amount of teams in their career? (sighs) Boy, oh boy, I don't know the answer to it off the top of my head. I know that at one time, Bobby Bonds, the father of home run king Barry Bonds, was up there in teams, but I think there is a pitcher that has surpassed that. Why don't you go ahead and do another segment of this show that we like to call Ask Siri? What player has played on the most Major League Baseball teams in their career? Sorry, I don't know the answer to that one. And that has concluded our segment that we like to call Ask Siri. Uh, these big players played for the most teams. She did give me a link. Okay. Um, Edwin Jackson, 14 Yes, teams. I believe that's the winner in the clubhouse. He, one of those was the Cubs. He was with the Tigers. Yes, Edwin Jackson. I okay. should have known that. Second place, Octavio Dotel. Octavio Dotel. Yeah. 13. So there you go. So I asked Siri, actually did come up with an answer, but it would have been nice if Siri could have actually voiced the answer. I don't know what's so hard about that, Siri. It's a hard name to pronounce if you think about it. Edwin Jackson? No. Gid Gardner? No. Let's get into it. 46th game of the week tonight is over at Bob Atulski Field. 7.30 kickoff. Watch it live on Facebook, YouTube, and the IHSA Champions Network. Number two, Marion takes on the Knox Redskins in a rematch of last year's 3A regional, a game that wasn't supposed to be on the schedule, but both Marion and Knox lost their Week 2 opponents due to COVID. And therefore, you find out that Marion and Knox get on the phone with each other and say, let's get it together, separated by about an hour. 
Knox will make the trek up here from Stark County. They've got a veteran quarterback in Zach Rose and a new head coach who's not new to the area at all. Russ Radke in his 44th season. But what a tumultuous offseason he had. We documented it well here on the act, talking about him leaving New Prairie and how he wound up at Knox, and we'll let him explain. 2020's been wild enough, but what about for you? I've been two places already. That's the difference, you know. I left Dupree and went to uh, Portage, and I uh, spent about five months there, and things weren't what we wanted to get things accomplished, and uh, the opportunity came here, and I got family involved here. So I got both my boys coached with me, and that's better for Ted White and other coaches and the whole community pride base, so that's why we're here right now. And uh, it's fun, and uh, we got an exciting group of kids out here to try them. It's going to take a little work to get them all coordinated. We might not look as pretty as we want to look right as we get along, but we're gonna we're gonna be pretty good by the time we finish up. It's been pretty good. I think we're getting it. We're getting the hang of things. Uh, a lot to work on, but I think we'll get it by then by uh, the tournament. It's a little bit different, but we're getting the hang of it, and we're understanding like the whole new scheme and everything. So, but it's it's really fun. So he's got a team that lost its opening game, twenty-eight twenty-six, and people who follow Russ probably expected him to be very fiery, very upset about losing because he doesn't lose that often. However, uh, I've seen him go through this twice in his career. I, I remember covering him at New Prairie when he first started there, and I believe they lost their opener to Laporte that year. He's like, it takes time for kids to learn the system. And so he wants them to face some really good competition uh, originally, their schedule was Winnemac and Rochester. It winds up being Southwood and Marion. Marion went all the way to the semi-state last year. Southwood was a team that went 11-1. and So they're getting good competition. They gave Southwood a heck of a game last week, lost 28-26. Now they come up here and have to deal with a Marion team that has all kinds of offensive weapons, beat Mishawaka 44-43, on a last-second play last week by Maddox Begonia, the quarterback. But Mike Davidson, the Marion third-year coach, knows that there are some keys that his team has to focus on tonight. Uh, we got to play a lot better uh, defensively. Um, it's a different animal, uh, but, but similar in the sense it's going to be a physical, grinded-out uh, type of offense. So we've got we've to come ready to answer the bell on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, uh, take care of the football and, and create big plays. I mean, we're... I don't think we're good enough yet. I think we can be there to, to consistently drive the football, um, but we do have enough uh, enough ability and enough um, uh, talent to go out there and make big plays. So create uh, create big plays on offense defensively. You know, get off the field. We we get to third down. We've got to get off the field. Knox was pretty well balanced in week one too, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> Coach Radke is uh, uh, he's well known. Uh, you know he's going to make the necessary adjustments and have those guys uh, even that much more prepared uh, on both on both sides of the ball. So I would expect an offensive showcase tonight at Otulski Field. I would expect lots of scoring. Uh, hopefully it happens between the raindrops. Looks like the rain is supposed to stop at about 5 and start again at 10. So I think we'll be able to get this one in, and it uh, should be a good one on TV 46 Friday night, 11 Saturday morning at 9. Let me ask you a question. Maybe you can speak into this. Maybe you won't. When I worked at the church in Granger, I was invited to speak in Napanee down the road. I discovered very quickly two very different kinds of students, lifestyle-wise. Yeah. 
Knox and Marion, you're an hour away. What kind of student is a Knox student? What's the vibe in that town? I know nothing about Knox. Farming? It is a farming town. It has built a new industrial park, which is trying to keep jobs in the area so the people don't have to drive as far to go to work. Okay. And they're really trying to rebuild the economy of Stark County, which just a couple of years ago was the poorest county in the state of Indiana economically. So you, you've got some kids who have fought through some hard things, a lot of adversity, and they are at Knox and enjoying some football success that prior to John Hendricks, the predecessor to Russ Radke as coach, Knox had not enjoyed very much football success in recent years. So they're back on top. They have a great commitment from their administration in their school. Uh, They wanted to put in a turf field. They said, we've got a million dollars that we can put in a turf field. Russ said, why don't we put in a 50-yard practice field that not only the football team could use, but the baseball, the softball team, things like that. So there's a great collaboration. They have a terrific band program down at Knox. Uh, It's the only school in Stark County that offers band, so they draw quite a few students for that. So it's a it's a city and an area, I would say, on the rebound. Okay. Marion, parochial school, uh, but you are seeing a lot more diversity in that school than you used to see. I, I would say, obviously, there are some people of affluence, but there are also a lot of kids that aren't from those kind of circumstances. So you really get a Kind of a cross-section, not only of Mishawaka, but they also draw from Elkhart and South Bend and places like that. So uh, it is an interesting contrast in schools tonight. That's not a bad question. So Elkhart finally hits the field, huh? Oh, I can only imagine that Josh Shattuck and his staff are just chomping at the bit tonight to see what happens when they go on Rice Field the first time, first time since 1971, for that city as a unified Elkhart High School and take on Mishawaka. Elkhart, man, what an interesting offseason for them. We had Josh Shattuck on the Yak talking about how do you you work on consolidating these two teams during a pandemic and getting everybody to buy in together. And he made the point that we're not, we're starting a brand new program. We're not looking at kids who are Central kids or Memorial kids. They're now just Elkhart kids, and we're trying to get everybody to buy into that. And quite frankly, I would say that the majority of the kids who will start tonight probably have more Memorial ties than Elkhart Central ties. That said, every coach that I talk to in this area says Elkhart is loaded with talent. Everybody knows about Rodney McGraw, the kid that's going to Penn State on the defensive side. I think Kenneth Dennis is a D1 player. Tyron Mason is a receiver who's going to Western Michigan. I think Derek Woods could wind up playing for a Mac school too. I mean, they've got talent. But here's the thing. Here comes Mishawaka. You know what Mishawaka did last year? They ended Elkhart Memorial football. And then two weeks later, they ended Elkhart Central football. Keith Kinder's sitting there after a one-point loss in the last six seconds to Marion, and now he's getting his team ready to go over to Elkhart. And it's no secret that the option over the years has given Elkhart trouble. 
And what does Mishawaka run? They run the option, and they run it very, very well. They've got a quarterback named Justin Fisher who last year scored six touchdowns against Elkhart Central. Don't you think the Cavemen would love to go over to historic Rice Field and start off the big unified Elkhart program with a nice juicy L? So that's the drama that unfolds at Rice Field tonight. If you go into the archives of the Sports Yak episode 208, Chuck, 208, Coach Shattuck. You have it. Uh, Also tonight, interesting matchup over at Andrews Field. Northwood has been ranked in the top 10 of the coaches' poll in Class 4A, taking on an East Noble team that many consider to be one of the top two or three in Class 4A this year. And East Noble started off the season with a shutout of Plymouth last Friday. So now they go to Northwood, who has not played a game. Northwood's got an experienced quarterback coming back and Nate Newcomer. How will that all unfold at Andrews Field? I I think that's a a fascinating matchup to watch tonight. Concord and Jimtown play for the Cable Line Cup. 60th meeting between these two schools. Jimtown, the smaller of the two, leads the all-time series 30-29. to The Jimmies have a new coach in Corey Stoner, who has promised more physical play this year. Concord has to replace a lot of parts, including their quarterback, but Craig Kaler, high on what his defense can do, believes his front seven is very, very good. And I think it'll be interesting to see how that one unfolds after both of those teams had to sit last week because of the Elkhart County Health Department rules. What is the uh, Cable Line Cup story? They just love their HBO? Well, the Cable Line Cup is uh, is the road. Cable Line Road runs pretty close to between Concord and Jimtown. Gotcha. So that's why it's called the Cable Line Cup. Not actual cable. Well, there probably was actual cable out there at one point, but it was above ground. It's not the Comcast cable. Gotcha. And then over here at Jackson Field, Riley has to try to bounce back from being shut out and, and quite frankly, embarrassed by Michigan City, 55 to nothing last week. They had high hopes going into the season. And Riley takes on John Glenn, which started off the year with a win over Boone Grove last week on their home field. Here's a battle of teams in the NIC South. Can John Glenn... Come over to South Bend and get a surprise win, or will Riley show something a little bit different this week, bounce back and get ready for a city matchup with Adams next week? So those are the games that uh, I highlighted in our sportscast this morning on the high school schedule. Obviously, there's many more going on. Bremen, South Bend, Washington, Goshen, South Bend, Clay come to mind. Northridge opens its season, taking on a St. Joe team that's smarting. A lot of good matchups in the area tonight. I don't want to put too much pressure on Chuck, but when I want a high school football score, his is the first Twitter account I go to. Well, do a lot of retweeting on Friday nights. Fortunately, I'm well-connected, and so do a lot of follows and get a lot of scores that way, and then we try to pick them up and kind of put them all together in one nice little package, usually by the end of the night, both on Twitter and on Facebook. All right. You want to segue into college football? Well, let's do that because Notre Dame made it official yesterday. They are going to play the University of South Florida on September 19th at Notre Dame Stadium. Game time has not been announced yet. I can tell you, though, uh, you're going to have to have cable for that game. That game will not be on NBC. 
And the reason why is NBC is contracted to show the U.S. Open that weekend, the U.S. Open oh, Golf Tournament. okay. And they feel like that has more national appeal than a Notre Dame-South Florida game. And you know what? They're probably right. So that'll be the 11th game for the Irish this season. The backstory on that game is the fact that Charlie Weiss Jr., yes, the son of the former Notre Dame head coach, a St. Joe High School alum, is the offensive coordinator at South Florida, considered a rising star by many, but will he be able to solve a Notre Dame defense that's expected to be pretty solid this year, although they do have some rebuilding to do along the front line. And you've heard from a lot of the players that they're going to be good, right? You haven't heard from any of the players. Oh, that's right. <laughs> haven't heard from any of the players. Uh, it will be interesting. Let, let me share this little nugget I picked up yesterday. Uh, there will only be 28 media members allowed in the Notre Dame press box this fall. Compared to how many usually? About 150. 28 to 150. Yeah. Basically, they all have to be spaced out about eight feet apart. Mm -hmm. And so yesterday there was a Zoom meeting with the local media to explain the, the rationale behind the process, uh, what the winnowing process will be, the fact that there can only be one member from each media organization. And so... Uh, we'll see. They're, they're doing Zoom links of the post-game press conferences, and no media will be allowed in the quote-unquote media room for the post-game press conference. All the questions will be done on Zoom. So when you have that, it's like you, you can sit there and basically make the case for a lot of media. Well, why do you really have to be at the game? You might be able to actually see it better on TV. Yes, and if you can do the Zoom press conference from your living room or wherever, um, quite frankly, you might be able to cover the team just as well from your own living room as you do from going to the press box. And, and the rules for the press box are pretty stringent uh, in terms of... How so? They, don't, they want you staying in your seat, and they want you in your seat well before game time. And then they want you out of there pretty quickly after the Zoom press conferences are done and it's not going to be the the buffet that's been up there before for the media you'll get a meal at halftime that is handed to you and it's uh it's understandable given the times that we're in right now and given the fact that the campus basically still doesn't know whether they can even send students to in-person classes yeah They've, they've made an exception to allow media to come to the games, but it's going to be a far different experience at Notre Dame Stadium this fall. There's still no word on if people can go to an actual game. And mainly, Corey, because I think they're still trying to figure out what's going on with the student body in terms of the COVID testing. Now, the trend has been downwards. I have the feeling if that continues. But I think they would probably like to keep it to the bubble that they have on campus, which is the students, staff, and faculty. We've heard that rumor circulating around since June. Now, I find it hard to believe that Notre Dame is going to be able to say to some of its high-paying donors, you can't come to a game. So we'll see how it all sorts out. Let's get into the NFL with the Bears and the Colts and their camps. Well, the Bears and the Colts both took yesterday off to 
work on plans of how they plan to combat social injustice. And they were not alone. They were joined by the NBA, the WNBA, the NHL, and there were seven Major League Baseball postponements yesterday. This all stems from the shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, of a black man by the name of Jacob Blake. Again, we try to veer from politics on this show, but there, there is a clear-cut movement within all of the professional sports teams that, and, and there does seem to be unity within these teams. You're not hearing a lot of dissent. Now, you might say, well, why are some teams in Major League Baseball playing and others not? The other night, Jason Hayward told his Cubs teammates, go play. He said, I'm sitting this one out, but I want you to go play. And they were playing the Tigers, a team with a very prominent African-American player by the name of Cameron Mabin. Cameron Mabin belongs to a group called the Players Alliance. And he said after that, he said during the game he was talking to Anthony Rizzo because he had singled and he's standing there at first base and they're talking. And Rizzo said, I really don't think we should have played tonight. I think we should have followed the lead of the Brewers and the Reds and not played. Because obviously he had seen what had happened with Jason Hayward in the locker room before the game and Hayward deciding not to play. And a lot, of, all of the Cubs players, as far as I know, gave their support to Hayward and said, if you don't want, I mean, we'll back you on this. We'll not play. And he said, no, go play. So the Cubs played. They didn't play well, by the way. But Rizzo and Mabin are talking. And Mabin said after the game, he was up till about 4 a.m. taking texts, Zoom calls, things like that from players. You know, how should we handle this? What should we do? Should we follow the lead of the NBA? Things like that. And, of course... There's the question, well, what good is it going to do if if we don't play one game? If we sit out one game or something like that, what good is that going to do? So this Players Alliance has decided that with this being Jackie Robinson weekend in Major League Baseball, that they will take their paychecks from their Thursday and their Friday games and donate those to causes that try to improve life in black communities. Now, that's, that's a pretty solid gesture right there. And I believe uh, Mabin said today there might be 1,100 members right now of the Players Alliance. So that's a pretty wide swath of Major League Baseball. In fact, that might be all of Major League Baseball. Did I see an interesting fact yesterday, Chuck? To the date, August 26th, 2016. When Kaepernick took the knee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And four years later. Four years later, that's when these these protests and these boycotts came out. I, I And <clears throat> social media is such a double-edged sword. Yeah. Social media can be a, a great force for good. It can uh, spread a lot of good things out there. And, and you know, you've got pages like GoFundMe and things like that. And when my daughter had her disease, it was a great way not only to keep people posted, but to spread the word of the need for Be the Match and Bone Marrow and things like that. We also have freedom of speech in this country. And because of freedom of speech, people have the right to express dissenting opinions. And many have. Unfortunately, some do so in hateful ways. 
and it's it's been horrible to see some of the things that people have said on social media uh, to athletes or to teams regarding their stance on trying to get racial equality. Now, you may disagree with their method. Uh, and, and I was talking with my son about this last night, Corey. It's not like any of these fans are doling out tickets right now. You know, they're not buying tickets right now right. for any of these events. These are all made-for-TV events. These are all made for the entertainment of the masses. And as Cameron Maben said, if when you're hurting as much as we're hurting right now, and he referred to the black community, how can you summon up the effort to go out and entertain people? So that's why a lot of these teams have just decided to take some time off, to hold some internal discussions. Let's face it, there are probably some, some teams where some internal discussions need to be held among the players. A Major League Baseball locker room is a true melting pot. You've got Hispanic, you've got black, you've got white, you've got people from all different economic strata at their beginning. Obviously, they're in a different economic strata now. But at their roots, people from all different economic strata who've seen all kinds of different things. I think we at least as people have to take a look inside ourselves and try to understand where the other side is coming from. I'm not saying you're going to necessarily agree with what, what the other side is saying, but you have to try to understand where the other side is coming from sometimes. And I think we are a nation of many flaws. We are a nation of many successes. One of our flaws right now is perhaps a lack of empathy. Your thoughts? Well said. No, I, I went and saw my doctor a couple of months ago, and uh, he rarely gives an opinion, but he just said we are lacking common decency and common sense. And I thought that sums it up pretty well. Civility has somewhat gone out the window. Yeah. And and that's that's true on both sides. That is true on both sides. What else is on the list today? Well, if you want, you can uh, either end on some local stuff, throw in golf, and we'll wrap it up. Well, completely up to you. Golf has a big weekend this weekend, the BMW Championship. Interestingly enough, Tiger Woods not sitting out the BMW Championship, mainly because he needs a good performance in the BMW Championship to make the playoffs. And yesterday, boy, that course, Olympia Fields over in Illinois, just ate golfers up. Typically, well, we're coming off a we're coming off an event last weekend, Corey where the winning score posted by Dustin Johnson was this ridiculous 30 under par. Second place was 11 strokes back, but second place was still 19 strokes under par. I mean, they just shredded that course in Boston. I think the people at Olympia Field said, this ain't happening here. Only three golfers were able to break par yesterday. That usually only happens in a U.S. Open or a British Open place like that. It usually does not happen in one of your standard PGA tournaments. But Hideki Matsuyama, who's had a pretty good year out of the nation of Japan, 
is your leader right now at three under par. And it'll be interesting to see how the course plays, if the players complain and they maybe soften it up a little bit, what the weather does to it, because lots of times rain, uh, obviously you're not going to play too much during the rain, but the rain will soften the course and make it easier to putt, easier to play. We'll see how all that happens here as we go forward. By the way, speaking of golf, a shout-out to Adam Yoder, the Northwood Girls golf coach, a Obviously, an avid listener to the show who enjoyed the girls' golf mention on the last episode of the Yak and believes that we should give the people what they want, him being the people. <laughs> he made it to the end of the show, huh? He, apparently, he did. Thank you, Coach. Speaking of the end of the show, now, it used to be on the Yak that the end of the show was filled with pop culture news. And then as part of the pandemic, well, for a while, we didn't have yaks because of the pandemic. And then when we came back, there wasn't a whole lot of pop culture going on. No, there was not. But, my goodness, you're fired up about, I think, not one, not two, but three different things this weekend. What is going on? Please educate me. Well, you got your new Metallica record, which is called S&M 2. It's the symphony and Metallica together for the second time in their career. They did this about 20 years ago, and uh, they had an event about a year ago to open the Oracle in San Francisco where the Golden State Warriors now play. Right. So they team up with one of the highly recognized symphonies in America, the San Francisco Symphony. And if you really think about music, you're a music fan, you know this, there's only so many groups that you could probably layer a symphony on top of their music. Well... Quite frankly, one of the things that I really liked about music from the late 60s and the 70s is the presence of symphonic instruments in many of those songs. Yes. The Beatles were able to do it. Uh, I think the Stones did it for some of their music. I And I think it's great. I would love, I mean, I had the chance once to read with the Southwest Michigan Symphony. Ooh. But I would love to be talented enough to be able to sing with a symphony in the background. My goodness, that would be fun. Yeah. So, you know, you got one of the biggest rock bands on the planet partnering with the the symphony. And uh, I got the vinyl delivered yesterday and then listened to on a little on the way in the car this morning. And there's one of their songs that's been around for 30 years. And you put some symphony on it. It sounds like a big action movie sequence. That's what it sounds like. You know, like a... Like right out of the good, the bad, King and the ugly. Kong yeah. versus Godzilla kind of moment, you know. So I'm going to try to listen to that all the way through this weekend. Need to Breathe, one of our favorite bands here at work, has a new record for the first time since 2016. A little bit of a lineup change. There were two brothers in that group. One brother has left. That song we're playing right now, uh, Thomas Rhett wrote. I had forgotten to mention that a couple of times. Well, that's kind of a big deal. That's kind of a big deal. To many in the country music industry. Yep. Well, do you think it'll be a crossover? No. Okay. I think Thomas Rhett is known for his country music, but he allowed himself to get into another lane with this band and, you know, experiment. How because, about that? Because it's interesting. Dolly Parton has done some stuff with Christian artists lately. A lot. And that yeah. seems to be getting some crossover effect. Mm-hmm. And you've got one of our biggest artists, Chris Tomlin, with an entire record of country artists. Okay. Hence the and friends 
title. Lots of good friends. And last but not least, it was 1989 when we first took The Big Adventure with Bill and Ted, then the sequel in 1991, and then on this day that we record episode 233, Bill and Ted Face the Music 2020. 29 years later, <laughs> they decide to come out with the third one. The fans wanted it, Chuck Freebie. I, fans. No, I think those guys needed some money <laughs> is what happened. They needed some work. I, I'm just sitting here. It, you mentioned the, the third in the trilogy. I'm sitting here trying to think, well, if Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 had come out, and then they waited 29 years 29 to make Rocky 3. Or if Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 came out, and then they waited, and they should have, 29 years to make Godfather 3. <laughs> uh-huh. But... Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted, which, by the way, I'm not going to equate with either the Rocky or the Godfather movies, decide 29 years later, let's roll the dice and put out number three at a time when people probably aren't going to movie theaters. Yeah, and that's another thing. I'm okay with it being online. I'd rather sit in my living room these days. We don't have to deal with other people. No offense, but... When you're paying that amount of money to go to a theater and someone is running their commentary on a movie, I've never wanted to punch someone in the face more than that moment. Why didn't you stanza them? Because <laughs> it looks good on TV. I don't know if in real life it'll work out. Just do the opposite. Because <laughs> that's when George did that was in the opposite episode. That's right. Horrible ringtones and talking during a movie. $8 popcorn. Are you kidding me? I'll watch it at home, and I'll be happy. Okay. So let me ask you this, because you were a regular cinema goer. Yes. Uh, will you? Do you see a point where you will go back? What kind of movie would it have to be to get you to go back? I will go back to a theater when this is all figured out. Well, I don't know what the end game in on that is. What do you mean all figured out? When we... When we feel safe enough to be able to do that. I'd love to see this new uh, Christopher Nolan movie. I like him. It's called Tenet. Have you seen the trailer for that? No. It's a little out in left field. And it's supposed to be in theaters between now and September-ish. But I'm not going anytime soon. I'll sit in my living room. I got a nice new TV. You're familiar with it because you got one too. Oh, yeah. I'm perfectly happy there. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And can you give people, I don't know if we've done uh, an on-deck episode here, but can you give people an update on deck at the gated community? Oh. <laughs> yes, I can. So, we hired a guy to make a new deck, basically, in our backyard. And he said, for this amount of money, we'll do it in two days. Let me tell you something, Chuck. What I've just gone through myself personally was not two days. No. No, it wasn't. And the guy that we hired, my wife fired him about third day in. Wait a minute. Third day in? But I thought it was supposed to be done in two, two days. days. Yeah. By the way, you should probably not drink on the job. So, <laughs> my friend... I wish somebody would have told me that before game of the week. My friend, uh, who's been very uh, kind with his time, uh, he's currently out of work, uh, but he took a painting job 
with a, a local teacher who paints during the summer. Mm -hmm. And he does that in the morning, meets me in the afternoon, and we've tackled this deck together. So yesterday was the the finish. We had eight boards left on the pergola deck roof and realized, big surprise, our math was off. We have four more boards to go. Even in 2020, math remains undefeated. Ugh. Felt good to hit that last nail in, but then realized we, we still have four more boards. At what point, it was before the last nail, I'm sure. At what point yesterday did you say? About an hour in. Yeah. Yeah. Because we started on the outsides, then we got one in the middle, and then just started filling it in. And the math was on the nuggets, but then we realized... We don't have enough boards. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say you're probably sticking with this radio career and not <laughs> moving to construction. Well, my math was a little off the other morning when I didn't hit the post. And it was very apparent I need to go back to school or something. I Thank know. you, Rodney. Let's leave you with this. Chuck and I feel like we're at a crossroads we need to know, is this thing still worth doing? Are you listening? Are you downloading? Are you telling your friends, hey, check this out? We need, it's not a want, we need to hear from you. Because let's be honest, we're busy and we could be doing other things. I would say that's a fair statement to make. So we want your feedback. How can they give their feedback? They could do it on the Twitter page, of course. Do it on Twitter, at SportsYak. They could. I, I would say reach... No, just one. Okay. I would reach out to yours as well, uh, okay. at 46 Sports. There's an email that has two Ks. The email has two Ks. That's at gmail.com. The, the SportsYak. Oh, very, very difficult. The SportsYak at gmail.com. No wonder we don't get an email. Because of the... <laughs> yes. So, let us hear from you. We need to know, should this progress, or is it time to ride off into the sunset? Um, Mom, no need to write. Bareback. I know you listen. <laughs> I think it was your text that said, is it just relatives and close <laughs> friends? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll find out. You are on Twitter, right? At 46 Sports. Have a great Friday night game, Chuck Freebie. Thank you. Hope so. Hope we get it in. And until next time, Oogaluga Gate Gardner. 233 batting average. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.